Hey everybody, welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Nittany Lions, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Monday, March 30th, 2020. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, and we are beginning another week just wondering when the sports world is going to return to any sense of normalcy. Doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime too soon, but we have a lot to get into this week on the podcast, so happy to have you here with me, and I hope I'm helping you keep company while you're working at home or you're in isolation at home or you're teaching the kids at home, whatever your case may be. I hope that we're helping to get you through whatever it is you may be dealing with right now. So, we have some things to get into in today's episode. James Franklin put out a PSA kind of addressing the whole coronavirus pandemic. We're going to talk about the possibility of college football being played in the summer and how much of a ridiculous idea I think that that is. And we will continue our series of saying nice things about other Big Ten teams later on in this episode with a look at a team in the Big Ten East. So it's going to be a fun episode. Hopefully you sit back and enjoy and are able to just kind of relax a little bit. But we want to make sure that you never miss a single episode, wherever you may be, however you may be dealing with things right now. So make sure you are subscribed in your favorite podcasting app of choice, such as iTunes and Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Radio. You can tell your home smart device to play the Locked On Nittany Lines podcast on the Tune In app. And of course, if you are subscribed and you want to help support us out in these times, you can go ahead and leave a rating and a review on all your favorite podcasting apps. It does help with the placement on those podcasting apps moving forward. And we just genuinely appreciate any feedback you have for us. We also want you to be a part of the show, so send in your questions and comments at any time by hitting us up on Twitter, at LockedOnNittany. Make sure you do that today, because tomorrow will be our Twitter Tuesday episode. We'll go through all of your questions and comments, so start filing them in right now. And of course, you can check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. And we also have a YouTube channel as well, so just go to YouTube.com and search for LockedOnNittany Lines. We should pop right up there for you. So with all that out of the way, guys, let's go ahead and get today's episode started. You certainly don't need me to remind you just how much of an impact the coronavirus pandemic has had on the current state of the sports world. Sports are essentially shut down everywhere you look right now, and we're getting closer and closer to potentially having to have the conversation about what this means for the college football season. That's what we're going to be talking about later in today's episode. But of course, one thing that we've been keeping an eye on is how the college football community is responding to what's going on right now. Obviously, with spring football off the table, uh, certainly in the Big Ten and for the the end of this current season, we're starting to see some more and more college football coaches get themselves out in front of this and put out some public service announcements and you know, start to raise awareness for exactly how serious this thing is. Now, James Franklin, head coach of Penn State, of course, was one of the latest coaches to get in the swing of things. And he put out a video message with his daughters by his side, addressing Penn State fans and letting them know that they need to continue taking care of themselves and obviously keeping uh, uh, keeping safe, keeping that social distancing in effect. And it is a very serious thing. Now, this kind of all started with, I believe, LSU head coach Ed Orgeron was the first, uh, at least Division One college football coach, to get into the, the spotlight and raise awareness, certainly within the state of Louisiana. 
We've seen Texas head coach Tom Herman come out and do his thing uh, for Texas fans. And, of course, I think we recently saw Ryan Day, the head coach of Ohio State, uh, do something similar as well. And, of course, James Franklin is not going to be the last coach to be doing this. I suspect that we're going to see a number of more college football coaches moving forward really come together and put out their own individual messages. And I would not be surprised if a conference, say the Big Ten, gets those messages from through all their coaches, maybe even across sports, put them all together and put together their own kind of uh, announcement that they can throw out to the entire Big Ten community, uh, certainly on the Big Ten Network. I don't know how many people are watching Big Ten Network right now these days. You know, that's just one of the things, you know, we're all kind of jonesing for some sports action. So the best we can do right now is really just watch replays of classic games, uh, which is fine. It's at least something. I know I've been having fun going back and watching some uh, sports moments from some of the teams that I follow certainly on my local uh, sports outlets, which has been uh, pretty fun for me at some times. But of course, it doesn't really compare to getting a chance to watch some actual live sports and some live sports drama. But of course, if we don't take care of this whole coronavirus pandemic right now, we're probably not going to have any live sports to be looking forward to at least anytime soon. Now, uh, again, we're going to talk about this in our next segment. So I am pretty optimistic that we'll still be able to get a college football season in. Uh, so, But I do think it is important for coaches at you know, schools that are going to draw some spotlights and draw, draw some attention for messages that are being put out there. I think it's important for coaches like James Franklin uh, to go out there and put together a message. And I don't care. You know, some people say, oh, he's only doing it now because other coaches are doing it. You know, I don't buy that for one second. I do think that uh, certainly he is uh, very understanding of the situation right now. We talked about this last week with his response to the coronavirus uh, pandemic. When he got a chance to do that Zoom call with members of the media, he put out the idea that if it were up to him, he would strongly consider maybe shutting down or, I guess, locking down the entire country until this thing is under wraps. And I totally buy that. <laughs> I really do. And I don't think he's taking it very lightly. So, obviously, you know, anything you can do to help promote the word, you know, spread the word, I should say, and promote the message of staying socially distant and keeping in good health and not going out unless you have to. Uh, I think that's very important, and I'm glad to see uh, uh, James Franklin got in the swing of things, putting out his own video message, and uh, we're going to play that for you right now. We are in unprecedented and trying times in our nation. We just wanted to take a moment to share a brief message with you as we fight this global pandemic. First and foremost, thank you to all the healthcare workers who continue to serve our communities without fail. Secondly, please be sure to follow the local, state, and federal guidelines set forth to battle this virus. While we are all disappointed to have to press pause on the sporting world, we know it's the right choice. When the time comes, we'll come back stronger and better than ever. We look forward to the next time we see you in Beaver Stadium. Remember to wash your hands regularly and thoroughly. Stay safe, Newton Nation. We are. Penn State. So there you go. Obviously, head coach James Franklin with his daughters, Ashola Franklin. That was the first voice you heard, uh, followed by Addie Franklin, who was the second voice you heard. And uh, of course, it's, it's a good video, and I think uh, more people need to see it you know, moving forward. And again, coaches need to get out there and address this with their fans because if, if fans aren't going to listen to the media, they're probably going to listen to the head coach of a football program. And I know I'm kind of joking as I say that, I'm kind of laughing, but it's really kind of the, the truth, I think, in a lot of respects because. 
you know, in this day and age, not a lot of people are going to trust what comes out of the media. But if you have a football coach saying that the football season could very well be in jeopardy of being uh, in some suspension or a suspended state or maybe being canceled entirely, I think you're going to get a little bit more people to take this a little bit more seriously. And again, we've joked a little bit about this before. Uh, you know, this is one of the jokes that was really popping up the last couple of weeks. Uh, certainly, as far as the SEC was concerned, if SEC fans are told that there could be no college football season in the fall, uh, the entire southeastern region of the country would be on uh, seriously uh, shut down situation uh, to save the college football season. But you know what? You know, if that's what it takes to get past this, so be it. I hope that's not what it takes. What it takes, I hope people are taking this seriously and doing everything they need to do right now to, in order to prevent any f further delays uh, and impact on the sporting world. You know, again, we'll continue to monitor the situation and hopefully at some point we can get back to a little bit of a normal routine. I think we're all kind of itching to get back to there, but hey, we got to do what we got to do right now in order to make that a possibility. So what happens if we don't return to normal in time for the college football season? I think that that's something that we're all still trying to figure out. You know, obviously we have different ideas in our heads and we can go one way or another and we can kind of spitball a bunch of different ideas and backup plans should we need them. And that's probably a good thing to be doing right now. And I do think that there's a lot of progressiveness on trying to attack this from as many angles as possible just in case you need to do so. Uh, we've already seen some coaches come out and express some serious concerns about whether or not the season will be able to start on time with those week zero games and then followed by the week one games, which will include Penn State's home opener against Kent State. And head coach James Franklin, is, of course, has addressed this, and he's uh, meeting with his uh, staff and really trying to come together to figure out exactly what they need to do to be ready for this season, assuming that the season is even starting on time. Now, again, if it doesn't start on time for whatever reason, uh, there, you got to be prepared for that as well. And the, the teams that are most prepared right now will be most prepared later on and you know, still going to be a little bit of disruption. But I think right now we're all just trying to figure out, you know, as far as college football is concerned, are we going to be able to play college football uh, as currently scheduled? And I don't know what the answer to that is. I still remain probably hopelessly optimistic. Maybe that's not the right way to say it, but I'm always an optimistic person. I still think we're at the end of March, beginning of April. I still think there's a lot of time between now and when the season is supposed to start that we can get things figured out and hopefully have this thing under wraps and under control so we can return to at least a relatively modern, uh, normal state of mind uh, and operation. And I genuinely hope that that's the case. I hope nobody's dealing with this by the time we get to the point where college football is coming into view. And of course, college football starts actually before those week zero and week one games because we know they have to go through their summer practices as well. And one of the ideas that has been thrown out there is whether or not the NCAA will allow additional summer practices to make up for all the spring practices that have been lost around the country uh, for the majority of college football programs. Again, some schools have been able to go through their spring practices or at least get some spring practices in. Um, you know, I think Ohio State had three spring practices. Penn State, of course, didn't have any. Um, you know, In the grand scheme of things, I don't think that that makes a huge impact on what's going to happen in the fall. But I do get the, the need to have this time to be able to practice as far as uh, preparing your team, getting new players and new coaches acclimated within the program. You know, this is, a, this is a pretty key time for a lot of programs out there. And Penn State would have been one of them uh, if spring practices were going to be going on. But the, the more important question is, 
maybe it's not the more important question, but the one we're going to focus on right now is what happens if you can't play college football in the fall? Whatever, uh, for whoever makes those decisions and, and how many people, however you get to that decision, what if college football cannot be played or at least cannot be played as currently scheduled? One of the ideas that apparently has been floating around there, and this was reported by the Sports Business Journal late last week. I saw it on Pro Football Talk from uh, my boss over at NBC Sports, Mike Florio. He, he commented on it. And I saw it after I was done with my college football talk shift, so I didn't get a chance to reflect on it in that capacity. So I'm doing it here with you guys right now. But if you follow me on Twitter, <laughs> at Kevin on CFB, you already saw my initial reaction to the idea of college football administrators potentially discussing the idea of starting the college football season as early as July and playing it in July, August, and September. I'm going to tell you right now, I think that there is a 0.5% chance of that even coming close to being a possibility. Again, I think this is one of those ideas where we have all the powers that be, the people that make the decisions, just kind of spitballing different ideas to see what can potentially work, what won't work. Uh, and I think that this is an idea that they're keeping in the could work column, but I don't think it's very realistic. And again, I understand the need to play a college football season. Financially speaking, college football is a ginormous source of revenue for any Division One program out there. We all know that football money talks with the TV networks, uh, the deals that they have for the media rights packages. Uh, football is a significant piece of the revenue chunk for any university and their athletic department. Penn State alone uh, will fund so much with just their football operations. So it's very important to be able to have football to rely on. Season ticket sales, individual game ticket sales. Uh, there's a lot of money that's generated through football. And, of course, the men's basketball tournament, which uh, really took a gigantic hit on the NCAA distribution revenues or revenue distributions uh, for all Division One, Division Two, Division Three programs. Uh, but as far as football is concerned, there's a reason why there's so much focus on the, the being able to play football because it will bring in so much money for schools. And that's why not having college football would be a financial disaster uh, for so many colleges. And it would be a significant hit for even Penn State. You know, Schools that are well off are going to be hit very hard if they don't have a college football season. So finding time to be able to squeeze in a season – I understand the justification for at least exploring that option. Again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a realistic possibility. I don't think that it is. Uh, if it is and I'm proven wrong, otherwise I will eat my words. But I just I don't think we need to get too attached to the idea of seeing college football played in July, August, and September. Again, we don't know how soon other leagues are going to be even starting, like the NBA and the NHL. We don't know Major League Baseball is going to start just yet. Uh, there's so much going on. The Olympics have been canceled. If you start a college football season in July, then you're starting your spring or your spring slash summer football practices when in uh, early June. Uh, maybe you're bringing them in at the end of May. I think that that is a terrible idea, given everything that's out there right now. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, I don't say that with any expertise in the medical field or anything like that, but it just seems to me like you're rushing to get something put together that may not ultimately uh, be worth it. <laughs> I don't think it's worth the, the risk of moving your entire college football calendar up by three months. And I don't think that's very feasible uh, because if you're going to be doing that, you're hoping that you're going to be able to bring in fans. We don't know if we're going to be able to bring in fans. That's just the, the reality of the situation. Uh, again, I hope that things will be able to be 
of returning to a sense of normal at that point. I just I don't know if a college football season starting in July is a very reasonable way to go about this. So we'll we'll continue to monitor that storyline to see if that picks up any legs. But again, I do think it's just one of those ideas that's just kind of being spitballed right now. And it's not an idea that's being t- entirely tossed to the side just yet because really everything should be on the table right now as far as plan B, plan C, all the way to plan double Z. <laughs> However many, many backup plans and alternatives you have to have in order to have a college football season, I think you need to have them written down right now and figure out a way to execute those if you need to get there. But I think if we're talking about moving the college football season to July, August, and September, I think we have exhausted so many other options before that. So I think this is going to be way down the list. I don't think we need to rearrange our summer plans just yet in order to make room for college football. I still think college football is going to be played in the fall. But that's just my thought. Let me know what you guys think as well. You can always reach out to us at any time on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. episode of the week with everybody's new favorite segment in the podcasting world it's saying nice things about big 10 teams yes we're doing it once again we're continuing to work our way through the big 10 east if you missed it over the weekend i put together a compilation of all the nice things we said about the big 10 west teams so if you're a podcast subscriber go back and make sure you've got that episode downloaded so you can listen to everything we said nice about every team in the big 10 west uh, took the clips from the previous uh, week's worth of episodes, threw them all together for one podcast just for you guys. And we're going to do the same thing with the Big Ten East teams when we're done with them as well. Today in our B- saying nice things about Big Ten team spotlight, it is the Michigan State Spartans. And I know, you know, if you're a Penn State fan, you probably don't have a lot of nice things to say about Michigan State. And uh, believe me, the current state of the Spartan program overall is a little bit dark right now, given some of the, the ominous headlines that have floated around this program for the last couple of years. But let's focus on some of the nice things we can say about Michigan State. Now, again, this is a program that under Mark D'Antonio uh, was a pretty gritty team. You know, they didn't always have the 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 biggest star players offensively, but their defense was always pretty nasty. You're always going to have to grind it out. You're going to have to work hard to beat Michigan State. And you know, offensively, when they're healthy, uh, they can certainly be pretty gutsy as well. And now again, Michigan State was beat up a lot <laughs> in the last couple of years, uh, so they kind of lost a little step there. And they're not going to be a team that is probably regularly competing for a Big Ten East Division Championship in a division that's got a loaded Ohio State year in and year out. I think Penn State's on a pretty solid footing right now. And I still think Michigan, Yeah, <laughs> say what you will about the Wolverines, I still think Michigan is a viable uh, contender ahead of Michigan State just about every year. But as far as Michigan State is concerned, I'm going to tell you with this. I like Mel Tucker. I think uh, I think he's rising to the occasion a little quicker than he probably should have been at this point for Michigan State. But I think he's a pretty good hire for the Spartans, given everything that they're dealing with right now. Now, take a look at Mel Tucker. You know, certainly, he was a defensive assistant standout in the SEC, uh, really kind of a uh, made his money there (laughs) you know he gets his head coaching opportunity with Colorado in the last season's round of the coaching carousel it's his first head coaching job and instantly I feel he really helped Colorado get a little bit tougher a little bit tougher to beat and yeah he had some deficiencies he was working with again in that Pac-12 you know everybody seemed to in the Pac-12 but I do feel as though there was a little bit something different about Colorado that they needed in order to take some steps forward. And apparently he showed enough as a head coach in one season 
you know, that Michigan State got a little bit desperate and they kind of reached out wherever they could. But I do feel like he, he was worthy of consideration for that Michigan State job when it did open up because I feel like he's got the right personality for what Michigan State is going to continue to try and do. You know, I look at him, I think he's mentally tough. He's physically tough, I'm sure. But I think as far as his mental preparedness, he doesn't get rocked very often. It's very, it's very difficult to get him off his... Uh, get him off his game. So he's going to be pretty focused. He's going to be pretty determined. He's going to have game plans as far as what he wants to accomplish during the weeks and, of course, during the game. So he's going to be prepared, and he's going to have his players prepared, I'm sure. So that's one thing I think that is going to really help Michigan State moving forward. Now, I don't know uh, what he's going to be like when it comes down to crunch time in some key moments uh, against some of these teams he's going to be competing against in the Big Ten East. And I do think the level of competition is a step up from what he had to deal with in Colorado and that Pac-12 South uh, last season. But again, this is a guy that came up and was a really well-respected assistant coach in the SEC. And to me, if you're a well-respected assistant in that conference, I think you're, you know what you're getting into when you go into this big 10 East and it's not going to phase you. So that's one thing he's not going to be unnerved. You know, he's, you're not going to get him to say something that, uh, is going to come back to bite him. You know, he's going to he's going to be tough. He's going to be confident, and I think that Michigan State does need that. Now, as far as talent's concerned, I still think this is a Michigan State program that certainly has had their woes through the transfer portal over the last year, and they might be a little deplenished in many respects or relative respects compared to some of the other teams in the Big Ten East. But like I said, I do think that they are going to be mentally prepared and they're going to be pretty well disciplined going into any game atmosphere that they're going to face. And again, when they line up against Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan, they're going to be ready to play. And you got to be ready to play and take it to them as well. Because if you don't and you let them linger, they can easily haunt you in many ways. And just ask Penn State about that because uh, just a couple years ago, remember how Michigan State stunned uh, Penn State really actually in back-to-back -back seasons they stunned Penn State and really ruined their chances to make the college football playoff if not just the Big Ten championship game so you cannot take Michigan State lightly they're going to be in a coaching change this year and I don't know if Mel Tucker will ultimately be as good of a coach over time that Mark D'Antonio really was for the Spartans but I'm willing to suggest that he is going to have Michigan State ready to play week in and week out this upcoming season and you can bet that he's going to be circling some games on his schedule to make some statements. And I just mentioned those three teams that you're going to make a statement against. It's either going to be Michigan, Ohio State, or Penn State. And that is going to do it for this episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. Thank you so much for spending some time on this Monday listening to our podcast. And again, hopefully you guys are being able to get through whatever it is you're dealing with right now. And hopefully we're just a part of keeping you relaxed, keeping you comfortable, keeping you entertained, hopefully informed at some point. And of course, if you do enjoy this podcast and you want to keep this going for you for as long as you may be home, go ahead and make sure you are subscribed and whatever it is you use to listen to podcasts. We're available on pretty much everything right now. And you can also leave a review, leave a rating. It'll help us out moving forward as well. You can also be a part of the show anytime by sending your questions and comments to us on Twitter at LockedOnNitney. You can check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNitney. And again, we are on YouTube. We have a channel. Just go to YouTube and search for LockedOnNitney Lions. We should pop right up there for you. We'll put some audio clips from the podcast throughout the week up on the YouTube channel. Kind of give you another resource for listening to the podcast and maybe in, in smaller chunks as well. 
We will have a new episode for you guys tomorrow. We are going to be starting to adjust the schedule a little bit once we get into April, but I think as far as this week is concerned, you can probably still count on having a new episode every day. We still have a lot of ground to cover with our saying nice things about the Big Ten teams out there. And we have some more stuff coming up uh, very soon as we continue to monitor everything that's been happening and how it's going to impact college football and Penn State moving forward. So again, if you have any questions, reach out to us on Twitter at any time. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm Kevin McGuire, and you can follow me at Kevin on CFB. Check out my national college football coverage on AthlonSports.com and college football talk on NBCSports.com. Not a whole lot going on in the world of college football, but we still find ways to keep busy, so we always have some good content on those outlets as well. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Again, hopefully you have a great day. Hopefully you all go 1-0 today. Do whatever you got to do. Stay home. Wash your hands. Stay safe. Keep everybody around you safe as possible. And we'll get through this all eventually, hopefully pretty soon. But until tomorrow, guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.